does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, everyone. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Glad you're with us. Final hour. Got a lot going on this hour. Talking about, um, quite frankly, some baseball. Also talking about the Colts draft with Matt Taylor. Right now, though, the man who is the star of the show because he is the star of the show. It's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. All right, I'll be back. Thank you, Coach Lippel. Happy Easter Eve to you and our producer, Nathaniel Finch, and the rest of you listening here tonight. Beautiful night, beautiful day, really, here in the state of Indiana, as we've been talking about to round out the 10 o'clock hour of the NFL draft. It is slowly but surely approaching 19 days until night one, which is on the 27th of this month. The Indianapolis Colts have a new decision maker in the 27th of this month. The Indianapolis Colts have a new decision maker involved in all this, and that is Shane Steichen, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, talks about his new head coach. It's so exciting, and I think he really brings um, something special to our franchise, which is, you know, a proven success and, you know, working under outstanding coaches already in his career. I know he's going to do an outstanding job, and I think that kind of energy was part of the reason uh, when Chris and I and looked at him and, and Carly and Kaylin and everyone that we felt like, hey, um, you know, not only is he young, but, but he has has that fire and he has that enthusiasm and he and, and that's contagious that passion that Shane Steichen talks about when he's searching for the future quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts he says that's not something that is a deal breaker because you can develop a passion and a want to and an obsession to get better. It, yeah, it might not happen. Like, you know, some of these guys can grow into that too. Yeah. You know, it's not just like, boom, oh my gosh, this is the guy. Because there's guys that are obsessed with it but may not be as talented as some other guys. You know what I mean? And do you think you can develop that? Can he grow into that obsession and love in the grind of that? So uh, I think that's a big part of it. The biggest trick that Shane Steichen will have this season is if the Colts do draft a quarterback with that number four overall pick, will be building the offense and whether or not to build it around the young quarterback or kind of cater it a little bit to the veteran quarterback that they signed to a one-year deal in Gardner Minshew. Shane Steichen reveals on how he's going to build the offense. Yeah, I think you. I think as a coach, you have to do that. I think you don't. You you know you got to do a great job of putting these guys in position to maximize their potential uh, so they can shine on Sunday. So that's our job as coaches to figure that out, what they do well, and put them in position to make plays. That being do well is young quarterbacks. The first night of the NFL draft is on April 27th. 
Minor League Baseball today, the South Bend Cubs. You'll hear from Brendan King here shortly. They pick up another win over the Quad Cities River Bandits, 3-1. to one. They're now 2-0 and oh on the season. They had a no-hitter going until the eighth inning, and Quad Cities was able to string together a couple of hits, including one home run. Other than that, it was a dominant performance by that South Bend pitching staff as they pick up their second win on the season. Indianapolis Indians talked to Howard Kelman earlier in the show. Find that on the podcast later tonight. Indians defeat the Louisville Bats, the AAA affiliate of the Cincinnati Reds, 5-4. to four. The Pirates affiliate is now 4-4, four and four. Reds affiliate 2-6. and six. The Fort Wayne Tidcaps are still searching for their first win on the young season. They've played three games, and they've lost all three games. Tonight's final score, 3-1, to one, as the West Michigan Whitecaps capture the victory. It was a very slow game for most of it. Fort Wayne led 1-0 until the bottom of the seventh inning, and then West Michigan put on three runs on the board to take that 3-1 to one lead at the time and eventually win 3-1. to one. Now, the game that a lot of people are talking about on social media, the Chattanooga Lookouts, in the Rocket City Trash Pandas, the Lookouts, double-A affiliate of the Reds, the Trash Pandas, double-A affiliate of the Angels. The Lookouts win despite being no hit, 7-5. to five. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Glad you could join us tonight. Eddie Garrison doing some heavy, heavy, heavy lifting tonight. All right, Eddie, catch me up on... Um, uh, I know you just did a scoreboard update. How did my Cardinals do today? They were victorious. That's the key. That's the key. They you know that's victorious. the key every night. Yes. They did yes, pick up a good. win. They shut out the Brewers 6-0. Outstanding. Good to be a Cardinal fan. Never hurts, does it? doesn't uh, hurt to be um, a Cardinal fan. I, I say it hurts to be a Reds fan. That's what I say. Oh, yikes. Yikes. Yeah, well, what can you say? <laughs> I don't know what you can say about being a Reds fan. I mean, that front office is just gutted, that franchise um, for uh, years. Obviously, Masters weekend, Brooks Kepka. What, what's the story going into the final day? As we know, historically, crazy things happen on this last day. Uh, when you look at it, Brooks Kepka, he's got the four-shot lead. To me, it's going to be the weather. I mean, that's the low-hanging fruit here. Yeah. Because, I mean, they have to finish out the third round and then play oh. the fourth round. So. I know a lot of these guys are able to play a round and a half of golf because right. I think they got sure. most of them got through seven. A handful of them got through six, those being the top three on the board and John right. Rahm, Sam right. Bennett, and Brooks Kepka. But the story that I'm watching here is the amateur Sam Bennett. Uh, How about it? <laughs> it's right. a great story. He's still in college uh, he, at Texas A&M. He is third on the leaderboard at the Masters. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is some pretty crazy history that Sam Bennett is making. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the other the other big story is that massive tree that blew over. Did uh, you see that? I did. I I saw it was oh. a couple of trees. I'm just oh glad nobody God. got hurt. Yeah, I mean this thing is huge, uh, uprooted. I mean it's just it just doesn't snap. It's it blows completely. It's out of the ground, for heaven's sake. Yeah, I mean, you can just kind of see people just absolutely make it a run for it. Because you, I mean, 
I, I'm assuming most people know the sound of a tree when it's about to fall. So they just, just kind of just scurry. Yeah. And thankfully, there weren't any golfers on that hole, it looked like, at the time. And if they were, then there weren't many people at that specific hole watching whomever was golfing. I'm just glad everyone was able to es- escape uh, that hole, that area and not get hurt by the tree. Right, right. So what's uh, what's the weather forecast in Augusta tomorrow? I knew you'd ask me that, and I probably should have looked it up. Oh, it's all right, Eddie. I could probably look it up myself. I was just, I mean, I know you know everything, so. I <laughs> uh, I do not know. Well, you know everything. what I mean. Yeah, you do. You, yeah, you do. All right, so Cubs uh, coming up, South Bend Cubs. Brendan King going to join us here in a few minutes. The big club, get a win today. Uh, yes, yeah, South Bend did get a win, three to one over Quad Cities over what uh, I think you would like as the logo in the in the River Bandits. It is, it's pretty cool. I know you like. See, it. that's what Brendan said. He said it last night. He said it's a raccoon, uh-huh. uh with a ba- with a with a bandana on. Is that right? It's got a cowboy hat on and a bandana, so it's got everything. Uh huh. So the River Bandits. Uh, and their mascot is a raccoon. Yep. Okay, I got it. I, 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 one of the reasons I like minor league baseball so much is they work so hard on every aspect of what they're doing. Logos, names, uh, Indians. You know, the Indians, I mean, number one, the best ballpark in the world. And secondly, hey, dollar, as Howard Kelman said, dollar menu night on Tuesday night, they really do. All these franchises understand how important the fans are. And I would always tell kids when I was at IUPUI, when they're talking about internships, I said, if you can get, uh, I mean, a lot of people want to be in sports management. Uh, if you can get an internship with the Indians, it would be the greatest thing you ever did. Number one, you'll learn how to work because you'll work, you'll work as hard as you've oh, ever yeah. worked in your life. And secondly, you'll learn how important it is to connect with people. And I think it's fantastic. I mean, you, know, you want to do an internship? They're working now, brother. They're working. I mean, minor league baseball, you're working every day. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And you talked about the Indianapolis Indians having the best minor league ballpark. I would make the argument that all three of the ballparks here in the state of Indiana at the minor oh, league level great. are the best. I, I have yet to make it up to Fort Wins Field in South Bend, uh, but everything that Brendan King has shown me and told me, uh, that is a terrific ballpark. And then I have been up uh, to the Tin Caps to go see a game at Parkview Field, although I, I tried selling them this idea that they need to rename it to Parkview Park. The alliteration there was missed out on. Yeah. How about you, Eddie? Eddie Garrison coming up soon with another school board update. We're going to come back and talk to Matt Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts talking about the NFL draft. Scoreboard update again coming up with Eddie. This is Network Indiana's. With this Indiana Sports Talk scoreboard update, I'm Eddie Garrison, Major League Baseball today. Let's go through the final scores and some of the key notes from each game. The Chicago White Sox, they hang up 11 runs today in their win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yesterday's game, there was a combined 22. Today, 16. So tomorrow, expect possibly a pitcher's duel. Typically, how these games seem to work out in series of Major League Baseball on the White Sox side, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Andrew Benintendi, Andrew Vaughn, Yasmani Grandal, all with multi-hits and four different White Sox with at least 
two RBIs. Mike Clevenger went five and a third for Chicago. Gave up four runs, only struck out one. He picked up his second win on the season. On the Pirates side of the ledger, McCutcheon and Carlos Santana, each with three hit days. They combined to go six for eight, drive in four, score twice with McCutcheon going yard with his mom in the building. I mean, it's a cool video to go out there and watch on Twitter. As he's rounding third, he looks up and says, hi, mom. Pretty cool. Pirates now five and three, White Sox four and five. St. Louis Cardinals, they pick up a 6-0 shutout victory over Milwaukee, hand them their second loss on the season, and now guarantee a chance tomorrow afternoon to take the series. Jordan Walker and Nolan Arenado each with home runs. The Reds lose 3-2. Nick Lodolo was dominant for Cincinnati. Seven innings pitched, three total hits, given up 12 strikeouts, but he can't get the win as the Reds blow it in the ninth. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. The NFL draft is coming up, and for me and you, it's not coming up fast enough. But we haven't talked about the Colts in a while, so we tracked down our good friend, the voice of the Indianapolis Colts, Matt Taylor. Hello, Matt. How we doing, Bob? Good to be with you again. I'm doing great. I'm curious. You and I have been friends for a long time, and I'm sure that you have been asked over and over and over what they're going to do. And <coughs> I, I wish you knew. I know you, you wish you knew. But right now, that's the beauty of the NFL draft. Nobody knows until it rolls around because you never know what the people in front of you are going to be able to do. So that's what uh, creates all the mystery and all the drama. That's exactly right. And we still got, I mean, we're less than, a little bit less than three weeks away. So we still got a little bit of time to oh, continue yeah. to yeah hypothesize and uh you know hype give give those hypotheticals and i mean you're exactly right and, and the reason why it's it's so talked about and uh i mean it's it's a big deal um and it, and it should yeah. be treated as a big deal and then the Colts are treating it like a big deal because i mean this is a really important off season i mean this is the word that i've been using since the the gun went off uh against the houston texans there in week 18 at the end of the 2022 season was, I mean, we, we knew how last year went and, uh, you know, this this merry-go-round of quarterbacks and needing to get off that. It's it's about foundation. That's, that's the word I've been using. And you got a new head coach now in Shane Steichen. Now you're trying to build the foundation of what your offense is going to look like. The cornerstone of your franchise is going to be brought in somehow, some way in the next couple of weeks in this draft. I don't know if it's going to be a first-round guy or a second-round guy. I don't know any of that. But there's going to be a rookie quarterback on this team next year, and uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out in terms of where the Colts get that guy and who that guy is and if they trade up to get him or if they trade back. It's it's pretty fascinating how it can go, and uh, there's a lot of different scenarios the Colts can explore, and that's what they've been doing these last couple of weeks with the pro days and then – you know, this week they had the private workouts with some of the And now you're trying to build the foundation of what your offense is going to look like. The cornerstone of your franchise is going to be brought in somehow, some way in the next couple of weeks in this draft. 
I don't know if it's going to be a first-round guy or a second-round guy. I don't know any of that. But there's going to be a rookie quarterback on this team next year. And uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out in terms of where the Colts get that guy and who that guy is. And if they trade up to get him or if they trade back, it's it's pretty fascinating how it can go. And uh, there's a lot of different scenarios the Colts can explore. And that's what they've been doing these last couple of weeks with the pro days and then you know, this week they had the private workouts with some of the top quarterbacks in the draft. So uh, we'll see how it all pans out soon enough. But uh, right now there's a lot of conjecture, rightfully so, because of just the importance, the the, the significance that this offseason and this draft plays for the Colts for their success potentially for the next you know, five to seven years uh, if they can get this right. Yeah, and let's not lose sight of the fact that while the quarterback, I think everyone understands the importance of that position, this is a team that has some flaws as evidenced by the year they had a year ago. And so there are a number of holes to fill in addition to that quarterback position. And so you talk about important. Yeah, it's important to get that right. But it's also important to, uh, you know, fill a roster with playmakers on both sides of the football no without question you know and i think that's sort of the difference between this offseason and offseasons in the past where you know you, you could you could justify the colts bringing in a philip rivers or a carson wentz or a matt ryan those ideas and philosophies look pretty good on paper considering the roster that the colts had around that guy plugging in a veteran quarterback but i don't think the colts uh, can justify themselves in that scenario any longer, as evidence uh, to your point. You know, going four, twelve, and one. I think. Long story short, is the offense, the defense. Uh, you know, special teams. You know, had had some troubles as well. Uh, you know, it, they all contributed uh, equally. I think to such a disappointing year last year, where you did have some expectations. Um, uh, of doing something special and just not being able to get that done and, and falling short of that. Um, so obviously, you know, they, they've uh, cut ties with Matt Ryan and they've brought in Gardner Minshew, the free agent quarterback mm-hmm. that has uh, a lot of, um, you know, success and familiarity with Shane Steichen, uh, those two guys together with the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, we don't know what his role is either. Is he going to be a bridge quarterback? Is he going to be a guy that can take the stress and the burden off a young rookie quarterback in the first couple weeks of the season until that guy's ready? I mean, it's just there's a lot of unknowns right now, but the Colts are putting themselves in a situation where um, they can get in a rookie quarterback, develop that guy, and uh, not have to sort of, at least as of right now, because they haven't moved up in the draft, they're not sacrificing other draft picks uh, to use on weapons to surround potentially a young gunslinger uh, that can kind of be the, the face and, you know, the biggest leader within this team off and on and off the field. You know, the interesting thing, too, is that you look at these scenarios. Um, do you trade and draft up? Do you trade and draft down? Do you, do you you know, wait and see what happens in front of you and, and pick a, uh, uh, a kid out of college? All of those things. And, and, again, there's uncertainty in every one of those particular moves. No one has the crystal ball. But your your best guess, obviously, is why you pay these guys the money you pay them to make these kinds of decisions. But it would drive me crazy to be this in a, in a position where this decision is so important to you and there's so much time left to make the decision and so <laughs> many things over which you have no control that will influence what you eventually do. That would drive me nuts. <laughs> 
and everybody's talking about it. I mean, like you know, you, oh, you put in a yeah, you put in a, a full day's work, and you you know you're leaving in the late afternoon, then you're driving home, and then you got sports talk radio, and then you got social media and the message boards, and that's that's all anybody wants to talk about, and and I get it, rightfully so. And so I think, you know, where the Colts are at right now with these quarterbacks, like I said, this week having some private workouts at different areas of the country with these guys. I mean, no matter who the Colts get, no matter who they bring in from a quarterback standpoint in this rookie draft class, I mean, these guys all have the potential to be good quarterbacks at the next level. Mm -hmm. I think what the Colts are trying to find out right now at this late stage in this draft process is – and the Colts have talked about this, you know, Chris Ballard and Shane Steichen, which of these quarterbacks has the biggest it factor, right? The, the intangibles, like the things that you're just not right, going right. to find out about these guys watching tape. You're only going to find out about their mental makeup by just spending time with them and getting to know them and, you know, digging on these guys with their teammates and their former coaches. I mean, going all the way back to their little league coaches and, and so on and so forth. You know, who are, who are the guys that have the biggest intangibles in terms of hating to lose and biggest leaders in the locker room and, and guys that just get it, guys that are going to just elevate the rest of the team around them that's the guy that the Colts want and covet probably the most that's the characteristic that that obsessiveness um, is what they're looking for and I don't know I, I think that has to be just head and shoulder like if the Colts are sitting there at four Bob and mm-hmm. two quarterbacks go one two and then the Arizona Cardinals at number three who don't need a quarterback uh, you know, the, the only way I think the Colts go from four to three is if there's just a huge gap uh, between the, 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 the top quarterbacks left on the board in terms of those intangibles and character and right. those things that you just you just can't sort of replace, you know, just sort of those things that you inherently have. And that, to me, is what's going to drive the Colts and their conviction to possibly go from four to three. Um, but even even that said, like, I think they could sit at four and, and get a quarterback, hypothetically, and be able to make it work because of Shane Steichen's, um, you know, past history and of success in the NFL working with right. quarterbacks that have a variety of different skill sets, pocket passers, mobile quarterbacks. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. He's been able to make it work, score points, and have success in the NFL with a different uh, style of quarterback along his journey in this league. So, like I said, it's going to be pretty fascinating. We're not really going right. to know what the Colts are thinking, all the way up until draft night. He's Matt Taylor. You know that voice. He's the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. All right, having said all that, is there a scenario where Lamar Jackson or a, another free agent might find his way to Indy? Yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, a part of this wrinkle as well. I mean, something else that we, we should mention, too. I mean, you look at, like, Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy. Jalen right. With this Indiana Sports Stock scoreboard update... I'm Eddie Garrison, usually around Easter time, after the Final Four, after we crown a national championship. In the college basketball ranks, that is, the Masters. Round three today was suspended. The top three on the leaderboard, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, and Sam Bennett. They got through six holes, so they will finish their third round tomorrow, as will the majority 
of the field. Tiger did make the cut, by the way, continuing his record of 23 consecutive Masters of making the cut. Then they will play round four after the complete round three. The leaderboard right now, Brooks Kepka, he is 13 under par. John Rahm, nine under par. And Sam Bennett, the amateur, currently a college student at Texas A&M, he is third on the leaderboard. He is six under par. When you look at the golfers that are tied for fourth, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Patrick Cantley. Then there's a grouping of about six golfers that are tied for eighth, including Phil Mickelson. And then last year's winner, Scotty Scheffler, he is tied for 14th. He is three under. He was minus two today but he was through 12 holes so shuffler has a little bit of work to do tomorrow you can catch the action on espn plus as well as cbs get to hear jim nance on the call when he announces who will put on the green jacket for network indiana sports i'm eddie welcome back we're talking with matt taylor about the colts and the upcoming draft matt we were talking about what the colts needs might be uh at the top or not only the top but through welcome back we're talking with matt taylor about the colts and the upcoming draft matt we were talking about what the colts needs might be uh at the top or not only the top but throughout the rest of the draft let's revisit that whole conversation it's it's really really perplexing, you know, the situation the Colts are in right, right now. But yeah, Lamar Jackson's part of that too, and he's a different wrinkle considering the financials of of his situation and uh, you know the guaranteed contract or having a, a close to to fully guaranteed contract. But obviously that hamstrings you and what you can do and build around him from the rest of the roster. And um, you know he's got the way he plays. He's a very dynamic player, but he's missed time. Uh, with with injuries and, and things like that, so you have to you know weigh that into, into consideration as well. Uh, I know Jim Irsay has publicly said he doesn't believe in 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 fully guaranteed contracts. Kind of thinks it's mm-hmm. bad for mm-hmm. the game. More of more of a believer in in rookie contracts and developing your own and and all that. But um, you know it, it's 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 not like it can't be done. But traditionally in the past, in the recent past in the NFL, right. teams are having right. having success drafting their quarterback and developing that guy and then turning him into an elite player like Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and so on and so forth. That's what the Colts are trying to tap into, and we'll see if they can get it done. Matt, we lose sight of this. We're talking about a first-round pick with the discussion we've had. The Colts, as we also mentioned earlier, have other holes to fill. So what you know, what are their priorities in your mind in terms of some holes they need to fill in later rounds coming up in two or three weeks? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think we kind of lose sight of that I mean, with all this quarterback talk, obviously. But I think, you know, if you had to just – if I if, if you and I, Bob, were stuck in an elevator and we only had, uh, you know, 12 to 15 seconds to talk about the 2022 season and what went wrong and why it went wrong, I think I would start with the offensive line. Like, that was the biggest issue last year, um, you know, from top to bottom across the board is you got to fix that offensive line. they got a new uh, position coach now within that group and Tony Sperano Jr. Uh, a lot of guys just had down years, so they got to collectively step up like Ryan Kelly and 
uh, Braden Smith and, and certainly Quentin Nelson. Bernard Ryman's going to be going into year number two at the left tackle position. But there's not a lot of depth, at least not a lot of proven uh, you know, experience depths uh, in the in the NFL uh, within that group. So finding guys to solidify that unit uh, might be big in this draft for the Colts. And then I think wide receiver too, because I mean, outside of Michael Pittman Jr., there's just not a lot of pop the Colts bring back. I know Alec Pierce is coming back. He's going to take a step from year one to year two. But it might be a, in the best interest for the Colts, maybe in rounds two or three, assuming they hang on to those picks, you know, to bolster that wide receiver room with a young rookie quarterback, just add another young weapon for a guy to grow with. That might make a lot of sense. And then I think along the defense, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, but, um, you know, the Colts made a move in, in free agency with uh, Samson Ebicom, who comes over from the San Francisco 49ers. But you can never have, as, you know, too many pass rushers, and the Colts might be looking that direction as well in the draft and then cornerback, you know, Stefan Gilmore is no longer on the mm-hmm. team. They're kind of thin mm-hmm. there in terms of experience. Isaiah Rogers coming back. Kenny Moore had a down year. He's coming back. Um, Dallas flowers was kind of thrust into defensive duty late in the season, primarily a special teams guy late in the year. Uh, but again, he's a guy going into year number two, pretty green uh, for the most part. The Colts might look to me again, maybe day two, day three of the draft supplementing the, back into the secondary with some more corner depth to help them in case they get into a little bit of a crunch in terms of injury. So those are my big ones, offensive line, wide receiver, and then maybe cornerback depth as well. You, like I, will be thrilled when draft day arrives. I mean, how many of these interviews have you done? <laughs> uh, listen, I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. I mean, the, 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 more, the more interviews I do, the, the more perspective I gain because there's just so many different ways to skin a cat. I mean, you look at the Rams right, a couple right. of years ago. I mean, they, they just completely threw picks out the window, and they went for it, and they got it done. But now they're kind of paying the price for that with, you know, a losing record last year and then having to kind of pay the piper uh, on the back end of things. So, you know, Chris Ballard knows what he's doing, and it's going to be really, really fun to see him execute this thing. And you really have to know – you have to know the rest of the league, too. Like, that's the thing we kind of forget about is you have to have a pulse of what Arizona's thinking and uh, what the price tag might be for them to to give up their pick and if that's worth it or not and and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, if you trade back, you have to know what the teams behind you might be thinking so that you can still get – the guy, you know, one of the guys that, that you covered in trading back. So, no, this right. is fun, man. I mean, this I'm not doing trigonometry or I'm not, you know, solving the, <laughs> the world's problems here. I get to talk about football right. with you. So, uh, how, how bad could this be? But uh, I'm incredibly excited for draft weekend just because of the significance that this draft holds for the Colts and, again, what they're trying to do to get back to the playoffs as quickly as next year. I appreciate it. You know that. Uh, I'm happy for you. Excited for the whole process like what you're talking to be about. Matt Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts. You know him. You love him. He's the voice of the guys. Draft day coming up soon. Matt, thanks so much. Have a great weekend, and I appreciate you doing this as always. No, my pleasure, Bob. Always good to talk to you. Call anytime. I will. Thanks so thanks much. Thanks a lot, Matt. Matt, thanks a lot. <clears throat> Matt Taylor. Uh, voice of the Indianapolis Colts says the countdown continues uh, on the NFL draft. He makes some great points. Um, I like the fact that, you know, you have to take into consideration not just the people who are, are in front of you, 
but those behind you. And so as you try to go through all these scenarios, I, I can just imagine uh, how much, how many man hours they've spent trying to game plan, if you will, all of the poten- the potential scenarios that are out there. And um, uh, there's an art to it. Um, that's why those of us who don't do it for a living um, – speculate so much and it's kind of interesting because of the i think we all understand the importance uh of this year's draft we understand the importance uh in terms of the quarterback position uh and so uh i think the history tells you that you need to expect surprises and it doesn't necessarily go uh, as you expect it and uh, i think it's always fascinating to look at the you know, the draft experts and their mock drafts and on their board and this, that, and the other. And to, to me, the interesting thing is we, we seldom if ever go back and take a look at how they did and, and see if they have any credibility whatsoever. And so, you know, the yearly exercise of trying to outguess the experts on the draft continues. Coming up, Brendan King will join us. We'll talk some South Bend Cubs baseball in a couple of minutes. After this final scoreboard update, uh, a reminder, we are headed into that uh, period of time. We'll be wrapping up season number 29 of Indiana Sports Talk uh, at the end of May. Uh, after the uh, after the race, I'll take a couple of months off, and, and we'll come back in August and start, technically start season number 30. It's kind of a milestone uh, I personally am excited about. Um, I don't think we envisioned being able to do it uh, for this length of time when we started, uh, but it uh, it caught fire, got got people's imaginations, and got everybody excited. And um, this show has developed a life of its own, and I'm just happy and proud to be a part of it. So uh, we're going to continue this time of year, as you know. It's a little different uh, rhythm, a little different pace, if you will. Speed, we get to, instead of speeding through interviews, we get a chance to have some lengthy discussions about a lot of different things. So that's all coming up. But right now, though, we focus on the task at hand. We're going to talk a little more baseball, uh, spring football, golf, all kinds of things coming up uh, before long. It'll be the month of May as we get excited about that. So stay with us. We have a lot more to go. Final school board update coming up right now with Eddie Garrison. He's done a great job. Then we'll come back and talk with Brendan King on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Final scoreboard update of the night. Let's go through all the scores from today. Major League Baseball, the Chicago White Sox picked up an 11-5 win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. They will continue and wrap up that series tomorrow afternoon. The St. Louis Cardinals shut out the Milwaukee Brewers to hand the Brew Crew their second loss of the season, 6 to nothing. Final score, Jordan Montgomery went seven innings and struck out nine Brewers hitters. Cincinnati Reds got a heck of a start from Nick Lodolo. Seven innings, 12 strikeouts, three hits. But they could not hold on to it as the Reds fall to the Phillies 3-2. to two. All three runs for the Phillies come in the bottom of the ninth inning. Chicago Cubs pick up a win earlier this afternoon over the Texas Rangers, 10-3. Justin Seal, six innings of work, struck out three. Offensively, Ian Happ. Drove in a trio, and Eric Hosmer drove in a pair. The Cubs are now 4-3. and three. Rangers dropped to 
four and four. Detroit Tigers, Boston Red Sox, and the Red Sox hung up a pair of touchdowns. Fourteen to five was the final score. As the Tigers are now two and six, the Red Sox four and four. Rafael Devers for Boston with a pair of home runs and drove in five. The final Major League Baseball score: Seattle Mariners topped the Cleveland Guardians three two. Guardians now five and four. Mariners fall to four and five. Minor League level: South Bend Cubs they topped the Quad Cities River Bandits. 3-1, to one. the Indianapolis Indians defeat the Louisville Bats 5-4, to four, and the Fort Wayne Tin Caps fall to the West Michigan Whitecaps 3-1. to one. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Speaking of the South Bend Cubs, did win 3-1 to one over the uh, Quad Cities uh, River Bandits. The voice of the South Bend Cubs, Brendan King, joins me. Brendan, thanks so much for the call. Earlier tonight, Eddie Garrison sent me a copy of the River Bandits logo, and you were right, it's a cool logo. And cool logo notwithstanding, Cubs get a win tonight. <laughs> Uh, it's a terrific logo, Coach. It is just beside the coolness of the Beloit Skycarp, who we will see in South Bend starting on Tuesday. But, yeah, great win, Coach. This was a this was as close to a no-hitter as I have ever got to calling. Oh, uh, South ooh. Bend did not allow a hit for seven and two-thirds innings, and that's all credit to Luke Little, who got the start. He won the championship last year with us, Coach, and was spectacular. And, you know, one thing about minor league baseball early in the season, pitch counts are a big factor as guys get to extend their arms. And um, pitch counts are much more uh, expressed early in the season than late in the season. So Luke Little had a pitch count today, only made it through four innings, but did not allow a hit, struck out four. And then first man out of the bullpen was Tyler Santana. He made his South Bend Cubs debut he went three hitless and scoreless innings, struck out four. So you're feeling good about yourself. We were winning at the yeah. time, two to nothing. And then Carlos Guzman came into the game for South Bend. Coach, he was actually acquired from the Detroit Tigers last week in a trade. Uh, Cubs traded a major league infielder for Carlos Guzman, who is a pitching prospect. He made his Cubs organization debut tonight. And uh, he was tasked with continuing the no-hitter, but a home run by Gavin Cross, who was a first-round pick this past summer for Quad Cities, Mm -hmm. ended in no-no after seven and two-thirds. But still, great game. Uh, Guzman finished things out. He got the save, struck out four through two innings. So uh, tonight, credit the pitchers. They got the job done. Guys are starting to put a – I mean, I know it's early. There are plenty of games, but a nice little run right now. Good win last night, good win tonight. Feels good to be on that side of it. Feels great, especially to start the season, Coach, because, you know, last year was a championship season, but this team lost their first series of the year last year. So mm-hmm. um, when you can get off on the right foot, you know, that just makes the culture in the clubhouse even more fun. It makes the bus rides a good time. And, hey, you know, you got a chance at a three-game series sweep tomorrow uh, on Easter Sunday and then off day Monday back home for the home opener on Tuesday at 7.05 against Beloit, as mentioned. So, tell you what, Coach, you you, you get yourself a nice little sweep to start the year. Uh, that is mm-hmm. massive for a clubhouse. Guys are feeling good about themselves. So, we'll see what tomorrow uh, has in store. 
They should be feeling good about themselves, quite frankly. All right, so um, pitch count is important. Tell me about rules. You know, we we minor league. We do we got we do different things. What uh, what rules? What are the rules I need to be aware of on the minor league level? Coach, to be honest with you, everything that is now done in the minors is pretty much done in the majors. Of course, okay, there good, was the, there was the pitch clock. Right, pitch clock, I know. Yeah, yeah, and as you know, that's now in the major leagues. Um, You know, the shifting rule, you have to play two men on each side of the bag a second. That's also in the big leagues. The automatic runner at second is also in the big leagues and the minor leagues. So, Coach, for the first time in a long time, at least at our level, um, everything that happens in the big leagues is happening at our level. Now, that's there you a go. Bit different, Coach. It's a bit different, though. If you talk to Howard Kelman with the Indianapolis Indians at AAA, they are testing the automated strike zone at AAA. We do not have right. that. Right, right. It's only in I AAA. It. All right. Hold that thought because uh, we got to take a final break, and then we'll come back, okay? Can you do that? Sounds good, Coach. Ah, oh, you're the man. Brendan King stays with us. We'll come back, talk some more baseball on uh, Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Glad you're with us. We'll wrap it up with Brendan King when we come back after this final break for some final thoughts on Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King rejoins me. All right, 30-second pitch clock. Triple uh, A's doing what again now? The automated strike zone. We knew this was coming, did we not? And uh, it's it's. What's the early? What did the early returns sound like? Coach, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, I, I would love to ask Howard that question. And to be honest with you, Coach. I'll ask him I, next I, week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, please do. I, I, that's kind of where they lose me, Coach. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but to me, human error is just kind of part of the game. And mm-hmm. I realize mm-hmm. that there are good umpires, there are bad umpires. But to me, the, the, the aspect of human error in baseball is kind of what makes the game. And if you take that away, I just don't know what the game would be if you have a computer making the calls. It would just be a little weird for me. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I you know, there, this gets into a lot of different issues. One of the reasons uh, I, I'm a, a fan, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to baseball. Uh, I, I like the connection to history. I like the pace. I like... I yeah. like it, the fact that a lot of things have been done since the 1890s. You, you know what I mean? The game itself is, it has pretty much stayed the same. And, and so you get just a, you get slightly um, skeptical when uh, technology comes in. Uh, I understand that, that it may be important in terms of deciding the outcome of a game, but balls and strikes uh, throughout a nine-inning ball game, they're going to they're gonna miss some strikes. They're going to miss they're, they're gonna make mistakes. Right. Somebody's going to not handle a ground ball. Somebody's going to throw the ball away at first. Errors, everybody makes an error. Some, some hot dog vendor's going to give the wrong order. Everybody in the, in the facility is going to yeah. do something wrong. And frankly, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't either, Coach, and that's what makes the game for me. Human error, it's just part of it. You know, I will say, though, I was skeptical about the pitch clock, and now I'm a big fan of the pitch clock. It does not speed up the game. 
too aggressively. It just keeps it at a solid pace, kind of how it's supposed right. to be, like the days of Tom Seaver and Nolan Ryan, you know, that type of feel. So uh, I dig it, and, you know, they did a good job with it. So I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah. When I was coaching college baseball, which is a long, long time ago, uh, we played speed-up rules, okay? And, and everybody knew speed-up rules, and, and uh, it did make the game a little bit – You know, you're talking about spending two or three hours on the road to go to a game, and you, know, you need right. to speed this whole thing up. And so uh, I, I have no problem with things that are done to speed things up. I have to run – I always like to spend my uh, Saturday, Friday and Saturday nights with you, Brendan King. You're the best. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next weekend. Thanks, Coach. Talk to you next weekend. Happy Easter. Thank you. Same to you. Thank you very much. What a great job tonight by um, Eddie Garrison and by Nathaniel Finch. Couldn't do it without him. Thanks so much to our great stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night, and thanks to all of you for these 29 years of making us the most listened-to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making, legendary Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.